Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Jared Brandon with Brandon Wild Pickups. Tony Dudzik, a.k.a. Pick Guardian. Me, Todd Novak, a.k.a. Todd Novak. Yeah. And we've got on the line a super special guest, and his name is... Zach Broyles from Mythos Pedals. Yeah. Everybody's from something except me. <laughs> hey, man, you're the podcast, brother. That's right. You run it. Yeah. So I'm there, that. You're I'm, the head I'm pod. all that and then That's some. That's right. I'm tall dog and handsome. Anyways. <laughs> okay, so anyways, yes, you heard that right. That is Zach Broyles from Mythos Pedals. And Mythos is kind of burning up the scene right now. And there's an awful lot of press, whatever you might call it. Anyways, so we, you know, I, we, I saw some, I saw some, Cool stuff on the internets and mm-hmm. dug into it a little bit. Contacted Zach. We had a couple chats, and here he is. And here I'm I am. So excited. And you are calling from Nashville, Tennessee. Ah, uh, yes. That's the the heart of music of the world right now. It feels like. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe it has it, been it, for a long just time. Every kind of music too. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I feel it's much more universal now. Yeah. There's a there's a certain cool that Nashville has that like nothing else has. There's a lot of denim in, in you know <laughs> every genre. A lot yeah. of denim. Yeah, <laughs> that is true, and 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 a lot more hairspray too. Oh yeah, I think yeah, a lot of pos- like, like pomade kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's get into this, so we can start talking mm-hmm. about things that matter. Oh wait, oh my gosh, I almost forgot. Everybody. Out there, we just signed on to Patreon. Oh, and yeah, ooh is right. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, listen, I'm gonna I'll put a you know a little thing at the end to make it all official and stuff. But please go check out our Patreon page, and any support you can offer, we will gladly receive. And there are some really cool gifts. Uh, you know, tiered because that's the way you have to do it on Patreon. It's like, oh, you know, you, you for this much a month, blah blah blah, you get this and that and the other thing. And I, I worked really hard to try to put together some cool packages. So, um, this thing doesn't pay for it's, I'm well, no, it actually has paid for itself for like the last year and a half. <laughs> I've paid for itself the last year and a half, and I gotta start recouping something because. <laughs> You know, all the shirts and stickers and equipment and everything and travel, that all comes, you know, that's that's out of our pocket. And I'm happy to do it. And if I don't get a penny from anybody, I'm still going to do it. But, man, you'd it would be a nice big hug for me, I tell you that. And uh, that would enable us to do a lot of extra cool things. It's not a lining. It's not a pocket lining thing that, you know, for sure, at least right now. If it becomes that, that would be amazing. <laughs> uh, we just want to. We just want to be able to continue to do great stuff, and um, that's it. So yeah, Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. Go check it out, and um, I'll, I'll again. I'll put another card at the end. <gasps> Business. Anyways, Patreon. Yeah. Okay. So, Tony. Yes, I am. Tell me what, what what's going on with this week. This week, well, I got word that my Rickenbacker 650 basket case has been uh, finished and is ready to ship back to me. Yay! Uh, my my good friends over at MJT 
uh, custom guitar finish work over in Missouri, as they say there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I bought this. It was, it's it's a Rickenbacker 650. It's a you, I don't know. It, it's it's an okay guitar. It's the Cresting Wave one. But uh, wait, it's okay. Wait, wait, wait. 650 Cresting Wave. Explain. Well, the uh, the the top horn looks like a cresting wave. Aha! Uh-huh. On the guitar. So it's um, not the double... F- no, no, no. No. I have a few of those already. It's okay. a wave. I've got a few. Of them. <laughs> okay. But this one was a basket case. I bought it primarily for the case and the bridge. Um, and it was cheap enough that I figured if I... Any of the other you, parts... So you have some wordplay going on, which I know you like, and I appreciate that. Was When you're saying it's a basket case, it was like a hunk of junk and you needed help? Well, it had a broken off neck. Oh, man. There it <laughs> okay. is. Oh, yeah, don't mind that. Yeah, yeah right. it's all good. It's a, Yeah. So, um, Ball bearings. Will so I got out. it in, and luckily <laughs> no one had... The guy that I bought it from said that it had been glued back in place, but there was no evidence of glue, which was a good thing, because I'd much rather work with something that hasn't been touched. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, so I got it and took it apart, took off the, the bits and pieces that I wanted, and um, decided that I could try to fix this. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was a good, clean break. I, uh, I was able to glue it back on, sand off, put in some, uh, some extra walnut where some pieces were missing, cleaned it all up, sent it over to MJT, and it's, I'm having it uh, refinished in uh, Ocean Turquoise. And cool. I, uh, I have a, a gold pick guard for it, so it's going to look like a, like a late 50s mm. uh, Rickenbacker color scheme. I like gold. Gold is good. I'm into gold. So, uh, so hopefully that should hit this coming week. I have all the bits and pieces ready to go back together, and we'll, I will take some, a picture. Throw some pictures up there on the uh, Facebook group, will you? Yeah, I will do that. So that, that's, that's what's new and big in, in, in my world this week. Awesome. Uh, let's let's uh, ask Zach. What what are you doing, man? Okay. Um, so, um, my favorite guitars are Les Pauls, and my favorite Les Paul of them all is the um, the Pearly Gates, which was Billy Gibbons or mm-hmm. is Billy Gibbons '59. You know Les Paul. And working at Carter Vintage Guitars, by the way, I work at Carter Vintage Guitars. For those that don't know, uh, in addition to making pedals. I get to meet a lot of cool people, and one of the guys that I've met is Tom Murphy, who, for those that don't know, is probably the preeminent Les Paul painter. He's the guy. Know? He's the guy. He's the the Finnish guy. He's yep. Really yeah. good. He's the the guy. If he signs um, your if he signs your your thing, your it's valuable. Well, let's be clear. That's signs right. your guitar. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> Specific. But we we had like a, a Pearly Gates come into the shop. And, um, one of the, the replicas from like 2009, the custom shop made, and I saw it, it wasn't my favorite guitar. Like the neck wasn't, wasn't too good. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it just didn't click with me, but the, it wasn't the shaped finish, right. You didn't like the way it felt. Yeah. They had a, it had a lot of shoulder, but it was thin. It was, it was kind of a strange shape. Um, hmm. so I, I just didn't click with it, but I have a 2014 R9 that's in washed cherry. So it's like a really, it's not clown burst, but it's a bright sunburst finish. And I was talking to Tom cause he was in the shop and I was like, man, I want to get my R9 painted like this. And he's like, I'll do it. So tomorrow I'm going to his shop wow. and I'm taking my, my R9 and he, we're going to strip the top. He's going to teach me how to strip the top 
because that's all I'm repainting. And he's going to refinish it like Pearly Gates. He's not going to relic it or anything. He's just going to paint it. But I'm, this guitar, my R9, is far and away one of the best Les Pauls I've ever played. And I've played a lot. And I'm super excited because it's going to be a great playing guitar and it's going to look like my dream guitar because it's already got a flamey top. And this is just going to make it next level because Tom's work is just like he can take something that looks like a plain top and how he treats it makes it all the flame jumps out and it's crazy. So that's what's going on with me. And I'm super excited about it. How much does it weigh? My Les Paul? Mm -hmm. Um, It's around 8.2 pounds. Not bad. No, it's not heavy at all. I got the cherry picket. That's that's nice. Usually the uh, 70s and 80s and even the early 90s are around, you know, 10 to 11 they're pounds. They're, they're just anchors. Yeah. So and, and it's, I think it's nice I, to be I, able to have it strapped on all night long and, and you don't have a, a yeah. sh- sore shoulder the next day. <laughs> right. But I, I think that's a big misconception with a lot of people. They think uh, <laughs> they think heavy, heavy less Paul's are the are the ones that have all the sustain but man i've played i don't know like six or seven bursts working at carter and the light ones and all the vintage guitars i've played that were light sustained the most and yeah. i don't it may just have been a guitar thing but i like lighter guitars yeah. personally especially les paul i'm right with you yeah, yeah. jared complains about that all the time it's got to yeah. be light and that's he's why a big he gets guy. tiny little guitars <laughs> yeah 10 pound guitar on him is like uh like a six-pound guitar and anyone else. And I still yeah. complain. Yeah. So can you – you said something that I personally hadn't heard before, but um, I think I can envision, but I would love for you to elaborate on Clown Burst. Clown Burst. So in <clears throat> mid-1960, uh, the dye the that they used on a, on a 58 and 59 burst, uh, it was aniline dye, and with UV, it will fade, the red, the red – die would fade. And so that's why you have, uh, honey burst and tea burst and, um, and lemon burst it was because that red would change. And mm-hmm. in a lot of instances fade away entirely. So what they did in mid 1960 is they changed the red to be a paint that wouldn't fade. So, uh, uh. like Joe, Joe Walsh's 1960 burst that he so famously has is called a clown burst because it's really red and it's still red because that red gotcha. is not going anywhere. So gotcha. clown burst, it's, it's really bright. Yeah. Red. Okay. That's, that's what I was, I was kind of seeing that in my head, but I just wanted to, yeah. to make sure. Yeah. Okay. Well that, that's cool. See, like I, I love learning stuff like that. Thanks for telling me, you guys, that sitting here going, oh, you already know that. <laughs> you know what the R9 stands for, too, right? No. Can you elaborate? You don't? I Can don't. you elaborate oh, for, my. for all of us hey, listening? It, I'm not, I'm not it, a... I'm not it, a it, that's okay. That's why I brought it up. I yeah. mean, I, sometimes it, I forget what it means, too, if you can elaborate to everybody listening to exactly so what R9 R mean, R means reissue, mm-hmm. and 9 is 59, so 1959, so a... Uh, an R9 is a reissue of a 1959 model guitar. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. We are all in, well, except for you, we are all in like Nick <laughs> and Tony and, <laughs> and Jared. Okay, so I'm the idiot. Anyways, uh, no, no, no. no uh, there's there's so much insider. What I love about talking with, you know, whether, whether it's, um, you know, you two guys or whoever's on the phone, um, you know, we've had we've had people who have great knowledge about very specific things, 
And I, I love being able to tap into that. Like, you know, Jared's got a really extensive knowledge of, of classic guitars, um, that, you know, sort of classic era guitars. Um, so does Tony and, uh, Tony knows more than me. Well, we're in his house, so you better say that. <laughs> and he just gave you a beer, so yeah, oh. yeah. he nodded yes because he knows more than that. Um, he really does. Yeah, uh, but you know, whether it's talking w- with somebody who's making pedals and they just go bang down the rabbit hole of of electronic knowledge, I, I just love that. So I appreciate you sharing that out. Uh, clearly, you have quite a bit of knowledge on these things as well. Yeah, yeah. Working at at Carter Vintage and, and being around Walter. Yeah, is just he he knows not everything, but damn near everything, you know. Yeah, and it's really cool, just because I, anything I need to know, I'd be like, "Hey, Walter, what's this?" And he's like, "Ah, oh, they did that for X amount of years, and then they stopped, and mm-hmm. this is why they did it, and this is why they stopped." And you're like, "Oh, okay." I, think, right. I feel like he needs a shirt, and then it just he goes, "I know damn near everything." <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and, like that. and at a certain age, <laughs> it's cool to own that, you know. Yeah, you have if you're too young and you do this, not. There's, that's there's not cool. right. People get a different uh, yeah. yeah, right. Look at it differently. <laughs> so awesome. Okay, Jared, hit oh, me. Okay, so it's gonna start out funny because uh, I'm gonna say this. Never funny, say it's gonna funny start like out how? Funny. Like, do I amuse you? <laughs> it's not gonna be amusing. It's gonna be. I meant to say boring instead of funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah by funny I mean boring. I had a dentist appointment back home in, in Fremont, Ohio, which is a couple hours um, where I live now, because. I like the dentist there. I like the <laughs> office. I just can never like any dentists that live around here where I live. So I said I'm going back to the good old dentist that I grew up with. Well, his son anyway. So it's, it's so I stopped the by the guy. Uh, it's an offspring. How is that the same thing? <laughs> He has the same last name. You know why? You know why I like him? And They're both called guys. doctors. They both hum to the music that's coming over okay, the, all right. the radio. They, okay. they both, yeah. You want to give them a little plug? They have the same mannerisms. Anyways, okay. Dr. Peterson. Yes. So uh, I stopped by the guitar shop I pretty much grew up around. And uh, there's old, clunky, harmony uh, jazz guitar. Uh, I think the model is Meteor, and uh, it's it's a full size old raggedy like Meteor, du- not meteor. meteor like your burger. Right, Meteor. Okay, got it. And uh, it's got the uh, what do you call it? the 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 headstock is it's all tortoiseshell, and it's engraved in harmony. So that I like that a lot. And then it uh, somebody had put Demarzio. Uh, humbuckers in it, the PAF and the double cream, which, whatever. And <laughs> so I okay, thought, just hang on, hang on, t- hold that thought. For reference, those of you listening, we went to go have our you know usual pizza and Mikey's late night slice, and had I don't know what a forty minute conversation the on Marzio's <laughs> double creams. Oh yeah. So that's why he just so yeah. That's why. That's why it, I sounded right yeah. there. Okay, However, there I go. bought the guitar. For a couple hundred bucks, and I, I I bought the guitar for those pickups because people want those pickups, and they're they're old, they're the vintage old Demarzio PAFs, and they're double green, and, and people want them. So I thought, well, I'll just give a hundred bucks, I'll have this guitar, but I'll have the pickups. I know I can get good value out of the pickups and come out way ahead. And 
I, I got this thing home. It cleaned all the dust off, took the old strings off, took the pickups out, and somebody had chopped up the uh, base plates of these pickups to fit them into the guitar. So I'm like, oh, great. There goes the value of the pickups. But uh, I look into this guitar, the history, and, and, you know, these guitars are actually, you know, somewhat valuable if they're pretty clean and uh, put together. So I'm pretty happy with that buy. I'm kind of excited about it now. It's, like it's, 59 burst valuable? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Not even R9 valuable. <laughs> I, I, would, I would safely, if, if it's got the right tuners and the right pickups back into it, which are going to be impossible to find, I would safely say it's... It'll at least fetch about six hundred, eight hundred bucks. Hmm. Oh yeah. So, so I'm I'm really happy about it. But it's, it's a good a 19- looking guitar. Like I mean, it is. that's a keeper. I I saw yeah, it. Nice like, I am box. going to keep that. Yeah. I uh, and I who I just told you is man, you need a hollow body or you, or a semi. Just I was thinking about day. that when I was looking at it. Yeah. I said Todd said I needed one of these. So I better get it. But <laughs> it's got a stop tail and it's a really nice stop tail. And but I think I'm gonna put a uh, a Bigsby on it. I've got a Bigsby at the shop. Uh, there, there I go. You're set. <laughs> That's it. I can't wait I to want get this Bigsby. thing done, man. Heck? Uh, I, a big they jazz box like that. It's gotta have place. a. It's gotta have a Bigsby <laughs> on it, man. I can't wait to get can that it, thing can, done. Is that gonna? Is that gonna work? It'll work. Oh, perfectly. It's, 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 uh, I've got a big jazz okay. box Bigsby for you. Yep. All right. USA. I'm one. just checking. It's a. a lot uh, of those, go ahead. A lot of those old harmonies had had Bigsbys from the factory too. Yeah. So that's you. You need to find one of those harmony. Well, they're, they're just normal like Bigsby, like B sevens or whatever. Don't spend any time trying to find one of those. <laughs> Tony said he's got one. I trust him. <laughs> that's what I, just I just backed out of what I said. That was what I was doing. This this particular guitar in this era, I think it's like a, an early seventies, late sixties. And oh, uh, okay. yeah, it's it's not a you know and it's early. A, it's 60s. a set neck too, which it is, is a set neck. But what I'm finding out is they they put really good parts on this thing i mean they had uh row industry dearman pickups and um maybe that i don't know what the tuners were but it actually came with some really old uh gold plated grovers so uh mm-hmm. there's value in those as well because people want the old aged grovers you know to put on their les paul so they could be like jimmy page so uh i'm really happy <laughs> Really happy with it because I'm pretty excited about it. And it's it's not a $1,000, $2,000 Gibson or Fender. It's an old Harmony. So it's nice to change gears and and uh, get something different yeah. for once. Yeah. that's the, that's Those are all good things. Oh, yeah. It's nice to have a guitar that's as old or maybe even a little bit older than you, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, something I like about those kind, too, uh, is... Yes, they sound great plugged in, but you can also just pick it up and play it, and it sounds, you know, yeah, you, it makes noise, you know? Right. You don't have to worry about uh, dropping it. I mean, if I ever drop no, it, No, I don't mean it, banging it around. I mean, yeah. like, you're going to get acoustic tone, acoustic tone out of well, it. Of course. You know, yeah. where, you know, if you pick up any one of your slab bodies, it's not really happening. I'll, uh, I'll put a picture of this thing on uh, the Guitar Knobs uh, Facebook. Do it. Do yes, it. sir. Do it. Right. Okay, me. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, mine's so it's so petty compared to. <laughs> You're jamming me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's another previous reference. For so we yeah we we just saw Tom Petty. We were excited about that, and I was oh so for 
for the listeners out there, when I was talking to Zach, I was like, oh, hey, blah, 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 I'm going to go see Petty tonight. And he's like, you know, I was sailing away on my Petty Cloud. And he's like, oh, yeah, Mike Campbell, blah, 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 in the store, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I need the horn. Thing. I would have done that too. <laughs> the price is right, Phil. Yeah. No, the, uh, the that pedal show. Like, oh, I know Mike Campbell. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We need a thing. I need to come up with a thing here. Yeah. Um. So I just bought. Uh, I mentioned this in the last podcast, which will be up by the time this comes up. But I just got a, a, a Hagstrom Viking. A black hags from Viking, which I am completely in love with. That's a nice guitar. Oh man, I love this guitar. Anyway, That's super cool. Um, I got it specifically for this band. Yada yada yada. Uh, there's gold stuff happening in the band and black. And I I thought for a hot minute. I talked to Tony. I said, "Well, what if I well, let's put a little gold pick guard in?" And we both shook it off before that that could even finish that sentence. So instead, I've been looking for um, like. Gold lame straps. <laughs> Put a mirror pickguard on it. <laughs> well, I mean, not like I don't want it shiny, shiny like like glitter ball or Why anything not? like that. I, Do it. I just want I want it to you know like like seatbelt shine, but gold seatbelt well, shine. I'll, I'll tell you what. We come to the uh, we're, next weekend is uh, the Columbus guitar. Yes, show. I'm so excited for that. And and my buddy Steve, who I share booth space yep. with, always has like. I don't know where he gets them all, but he has like 500 straps. Oh, fantastic. And he's I'm bound to have by. something Good. that will Yeah, because I just, I just want a gold accent, uh, you know, because it needs to be able, because I'm, sw- I'm swapping that out. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm swapping that out for uh, uh, the the Les Paul special double cutaway with with the glitter gold pick guard, which looks so sweet. Um, so, that, you know, they need to be brother, brother, sister. Uh, I got, what is that? Is that all part? Yeah, nah, I don't think so. Tony. Tony made that <laughs> special for me. It looks killer. So if you need it, if you need a um, some kind of crazy custom pick guard, call him up. Pick guardian. Yeah. Okay. Plugs all around. Blah plugs. Plug plugs. Everybody plugs. works for somebody. Plugs. Okay. So let's do what is fastly becoming one of my favorite things in the world. For wait. wait. Don't say it. I gotta let the thing happen. One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. That's all right. It's the four on the floor, and we got Zach gonna give us his four must-have pedals, even though he makes pedals. Right. So. <laughs> and I heard on another podcast, like I gotta exclude my own, so I'm not not yes. gonna mention any of mine. No, so. we will. We'll uh, do plenty of mentioning <laughs> of yours. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Hit uh, me. So number one. Um, and when I, this was like plaguing me, like I was thinking about these four pedals, um, for like, since, since we decided to do this, so it's been on my mind, but, um, the four pedals that I picked are like some of my favorites and that I've not heard anybody mention yet. So, um, number one is the Maxon AD999 analog delay, which have you guys heard of this one? Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, I've played so many pedals um, and so many great delay pedals. Like I, I bring them home from work, I borrow them from friends, and the, you know I've tried so many. But this one, like I don't use a tap. I, you know, I don't need a lot of that. I'm a very simple guitar player. But there's something about the quality of this delay 
and how it like reacts to your playing and stuff. It's so musical and mm. it's just so fun. I've had it for years and everything I've tried to kick it off my board with just failed. So that's that's one of my favorites. I've got, I've got them all laid out in front of me so I can and keep built, track. Built like a tank too. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You cannot. You can't break this. Yeah. Um, but how, I how love, does that how does that compare to the uh, the carbon copy with MXR carbon mm-hmm. copy? The analog. Well, the the eighty nine nine nine. It's nine hundred milliseconds of delay, so it's got yeah. more time, um, and there's no modulation or anything, um, you know, compared to the carbon copy, and it's it's. There's something about just its uh, repeat time. Like I don't know if it's like a dotted eighth or whatever. It's just it's different than than the carbon copy. And I've had those and I love them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it 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 has more delay time, and it it wants to go into self oscillation really early. Mm-hmm. But you can tame it just with the repeat knob. So when you're playing, because I use a delay very subtle underneath my playing. It's not ever in the forefront. Um, it just kind of fills up space, but you hear it starting to go in oscillation and then backing off. And it's just so cool. Um, because for a long time I never had a reverb pedal and this was just the only thing I used to create space, but that's, I love that pedal. That's great. That's awesome. You started to describe what, uh, my old DOD, uh, would do, which was start to, it just wanted it to go in here. Like, here we go. Yeah. Oscillate, oscillate. <laughs> and, and then you, it won't. Yeah. And you just really have to, you gotta, you gotta, you know, it takes a little bit of love to get yeah. the knobs just right, but when you do, it's pretty tight. Yeah, love that pedal. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so number two, and again, I've not heard anybody mention this one or a pedal of this type. This is the full tone Deja Vibe. Oh, which yes. Is what the is the Univibe that? thing? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh. Yeah, that's that's actually a really. Good I like one. that. Yeah, and this is the old one with the actual like filament lamp because they make a new one with an LED. And it's not the same. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love this pedal. Most people use the Univibe as, you know, the Hendrix chorus thing. Yeah. Um, Robin Trower, David Gilmore, whatever. And, and I love it for that. But I mostly use it. I crank the volume. I put the, the depth just where you can start to feel it. And then I put it in vibrato mode. Yep. And then have the speed really low. So I use it as a boost that just creates this low... Um, like pulsing You're thing. You're speaking so, my language, dude. Yeah. So yeah, you'll you'll step on it for a solo and it just goes warm, warm. It's I just, so good. Yes, yes. I I love that for just um, uh, like just some character. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Just just something that you can you can feel it and and you notice it, but you don't. It's not in the forefront. Yeah. And because. Because like I said, I've, I you know I love Hendrix and Gilmore and all those guys, but just that is so cool, and that's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah. I've had one of these for years, and I'm never going to sell it. So, all right, um, this is good so far. I'm yeah, into it. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. How, uh, often, how often do you utilize that? I mean, how often? Is- well, when I was in a I was in a like a power trio uh, for a few years, and. I, I would use it just like for different vibes during, you know, no pun intended, but like <laughs> during, during, during different like songs or for solos, I would just use it to kind of fill up space. Right. Um, okay. but 
I haven't played in a band band for a long time. So it just, all my pedals are just in the floor around me, like, like a child playing in Legos or something. Well, I was, uh, I was honestly curious because I, I actually never owned one. Now I'm a little intrigued. I've, they're so good. I've been wanting one of the, actually, uh, Mike, uh, from Red House is, I, is he working maybe or maybe not working on something. Ooh. I was talking about that. Yeah. He, he, he has. I just don't know if he wanted me to say anything. Sorry, Mike. But I, Spoiler I, alert. I've already asked for twenty nine ninety five. I don't wonder that. Yeah. No, but I, I, I love, I love having just some movement, some character that sort of like, I und, you know, undefinable. Right. You said it well about with your previous battle musicality. Yeah, you can't really put your finger on. You just need a Leslie cabinet. All that around. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joe Walsh had a... Yeah. Joe Walsh had one. Stacks, in the stacks and stacks yeah. of different... Everything up there. Yeah. yeah. Tom Petty had one or two amps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't even playing. Right. <laughs> they were just recorded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Okay. Uh, number three would be... Um, and this is one that I don't think a lot of people have heard of, but it's the, the Tim Yarnig Gristle King. Um, which nope. is a signature pedal for Mr. Greg Cock, which, you know, a lot of people know him from YouTube and whatnot. But do um, you guys know Greg Cock? You know what I'm talking about? No. Um, he does, you know, Wildwood guitars? They oh, do all yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Him, the, he's gigantic and he, he plays and he's crazy good. Um, this is his signature I, I pedal. Never, I, okay, I didn't put those things. I didn't put those two together, but I I know Wildwood. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he. Yeah. He's a. He used to be a Fender clinician. He works with Fishman. He does all sorts of stuff. But this was a pedal that one of his buddies designed for him, and it's essentially like a tube screamer with some switches and then a, a clean boost that you can put pre and post. Um, mine is an old one. It's like a V1, and it's in this this gigantic orange box but it's just a really nice because i love tube screamers uh-huh. if if someone was like what's your favorite pedal you can only have one it'd be a tube screamer or a derivative thereof i'm right there but with you right there with you it, they're, they're so simple you know and i know what they're going to sound like and, and stuff but but this pedal is just great I've, I've owned quite a few of them they have a weird history because tim made them and then t-rex made them and now he's making them again but um these old ones are they're all um perf board uh, inside. Oh wait, no, no, no. This one's all. This one is a dual-sided um, PCB that he etches himself. A oh, two-sided. Wow. PCB. Yeah, it's like crazy, um, but it's great. So I love that pedal. If you've never seen the Gristle King, check it out. It's great. Hmm. Gristle so, King. Gristle King. Yeah, Greg Cock is all about the gristle. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's like his shtick thing. Gotcha. But, uh, super cool. Awesome. Uh, and then number four is. Uh, kind of another two-in-one thing, uh, the Paul Cochran Tim. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people have heard of this one. I have an old one um, that I've had for some time, and it's like you know one of the very first you know era of the Tim. But just again, a really good overdrive that is transparent. You know, everyone says that, but this one really is really transparent, and it has the boost and it has an effects loop for the boost so if you want like a reverb or a delay or whatever a flanger when you kick the boost on for a solo you can have that that only engages when the boost is on and that's super neat idea but yeah i love the tim and um yeah i i I could do 
almost anything, any gig with, with those pedals in, in the right hand. Totally agreed. That's, that's, yeah. that's, I would take that board in a second. Um, yeah. The, you know, you meant you, you threw out a word associated with overdrives that, that, you know, I think we say a lot, um, for various reasons, but would you give your interpretation on transparent overdrive? Yeah. And it, a lot of people use it. That, that is, that has to be one of the biggest, like, you know, keywords, you yeah. know, w- that people are searching on Google transparent overdrive. Yeah. Um, for me, transparency means it doesn't take away anything. Mm. Um, you know, like a tube screamer takes away bass and adds mids. Mm-hmm. Um, but a real transparent overdrive, it may give you a little shift in something, but you don't notice a drop in bass. You don't notice this huge jump in treble. It's just like it's it's on, but it's just more. And I think yeah. like the Klon's a good example of that. Yeah. The you know there's a lot of clean boosters. They're the only thing to me like a pure clean like JFET kind of booster are some of the only pedals that are truly 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 transparent. But a lot of pedals, you know, you kick them on, it's just like your amp just goes up a little yeah. bit more. And I think, you know, I don't think it's a dirty word, but it, it definitely is something I that... I don't think so either. I think that is, it, you know, when we have people on and they say that, it, the first thing you do is disclaim. Right. You know, it's like, I know, da, 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 but it really, you know, just like exactly how you said it. And for whatever reason, I don't know who is influencing us to say that, but... It is an obvious quality that we have all identified, so I think we should just all be okay with saying that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I think there might be a pedal in our very, very near future, like in a couple minutes, that we might talk about that has exactly that quality. You know, I, to me, while just while we're on this topic, just really quick, to me, and I'd love to hear um, Tony and Jared's input on this, but to me... Uh, when I'm explaining that to somebody, I equate it to a 50-50 wet-dry. No matter what you're doing on, uh, you know, with the knobs, you you almost always maintain a 50% uh, wet or affected dry, and then 50% dry. This is what my amp sounds like without the pedal. Right. That's how and- I equate it. And, uh, you know, if it's not yeah. based on anything. That's just how I interpret it. Yeah, it, the character doesn't go away. Right. Whatever you had, right. it just makes it sound better, or does it maybe is more, uh, maybe a little more interactive with the player or something. I mean, I I noticed that like we were talking, I think last week or so about the that EP booster that I yeah. picked up, mm-hmm. and the same thing. I mean, I plug that into the Vox, and it feeds really nicely, and it it improves the sound of of that amp and usually especially with single coil pickups the overall tonality i guess right it wakes so, it up man. yeah it's a, it just you know it's that's it's, a good way of putting it it, it, it yeah, wakes it, just up. Wakes it because, up because you know not everybody has at their disposal a you know marshall double stack or or you know twin right. reverb or, or, or blues something breaker. like that or blues jtm 45 <laughs> blues breaker or a <laughs> vox uh, tc uh or TB30 top boost six input. Oh my gosh! Okay, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, making, I'm making Todd's head spin right now. <laughs> yeah, all right. But no, yeah. I, and and I would think, um, you, I, I think the it's it's not a fair term calling something you know a transparent overdrive. I think 
it, Why don't it you think that's fair? I mean, I, I just don't think that it's it, it it should be really used because no matter what the pedal is, yeah, you're always coloring something. Uh, it you know a true. Well, I, I don't okay, know how so to quite put it. If you if you think about it, like if you think about transparency, it's like your sunglasses, right? Mm-hmm. You you can still see your eyes behind sunglasses. There's just a tint in front of it. It's just it's it's not like a blackout. Right, it's not okay. like oh, now you're only seeing the sunglasses. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? All right, I won't. It's like a, that. it's like a photo gel or something. Forget I even said that. It's like yeah, Jello. That, that's a really good. <laughs> but no, yeah, for. yeah, I think yeah. so. But Thank yeah, you. It's a, it should be an improvement under certain. <laughs> Thanks, <sir>. Zach. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that, Tony? <laughs> well, let yeah. me tell you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough of this nonsense. Okay, so excellent. Those are your, some excellent yeah, choices. I can't wait to get that uh, that up on the blog. And for those who are not familiar with it, for whatever reason, you can go to theguitarknobs.com and look under the blog section or hopefully you have our connected socials and that post will be coming out and it says four on the floor and there's a lot of big giant pictures and information on how to get said pedals too okay so what are we really here for we're going to talk about Besides Zach. tony's beers oh <laughs> yeah let's talk about zach real quick so uh just a little bit of preface as per usual uh, we ran across him, and I started to see an awful lot, especially, you know, where I'm looking around. And, you know, it was post after post, and I was like, okay, what's going on here? And you have, um, you know, I think pedals are a little bit like, I mentioned this several times, but pedals are a little bit like, you know, wine bottles or beer bottles or whatever. It's like you kind of don't know what's in them, but if it, if it looks right to you, you're at bare minimum intrigued. Right. And I think you did a, a really good job of capturing people's attention in in your presentation of these of these pedals. Well so, thank you. Yeah. So Zach sent us out a box O pedals. And let's let's explain what we have here, fellas. Tony what do you got in front of you? Uh, I am looking at a golden fleece. Yes. Fuzzy. <laughs> and Jared, what do you have? I have the word that I can't say. Mueller. <laughs> Mueller. Mjolnir. Ferris Mueller's day out. Is that Mjolnir? Mjolnir. Is that the guy there or is that Jesus? <laughs> no, I get asked that. What? So wait, that, that is Zeus. That oh, is, yeah. Okay. It's Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Zeus. Okay. Well, there's like, I don't know, like bright so, marks around well, it. Well, it's I mythos. It. <laughs> let me help you out here, Jared. It's mythos. It's mythos pedals. So actually, let's let Zach help you out. I love the way this Okay, looks. go ahead. Zach. With the name? Yeah. For, for, for the pedal, is that what you're asking? For He has absolutely no idea oh, yeah, what sorry. it is. Mjolnir? Mythos, Mythos pedals. Mjolnir. Mythos pedals. So you, you're, you're the icon that you are using. Yeah, is, is Zeus. Is so, Zeus. You know, trying to, and not all my pedals are based on Greek mythology, obviously, but, um, but yeah, that was just like, you know the idea is like mythos it's greek for myth and then why not have zeus on it so yeah yeah little hit little book knowledge for jared over here this was my favorite one by the way too yeah what else do we have in front of you well 
Do you, you want to say give it? Give me that thing. Get, All right. I'll screw it up again. <laughs> no, just say that one like it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> like it looks. It's, oh, the Earl King. Earl King. <laughs> what does it look like, Todd? It looks like Zeus because I know that it's Mythos Petals. I thought that was Apollo. <laughs> yeah. Uh and it's it's a purple sparkle with white oh, yeah. silk screen. It looks pretty cool. And I love transparent knobs. I think those are yeah. wicked. And that that was my favorite pedal of the three. Yeah. I oh, like awesome. I like the base base well, boost on it. You well. guys can all take off because that golden fleece is a bomb. You know. I already told Zach, I'm like, okay, I'm buying one. The purple one was awesome yeah. too. It has, it has a lot of control on it. A lot yeah. Of tone yeah. So control. let's let's talk about these as though all the rest of the people that are listening to this don't have them sitting on the table in front of them. Right. Uh, so, okay, Zach, you started uh, you started this pedal company when? Uh, I started Mythos um, about 2007. Uh-huh. So, or, no, 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 2010. Okay. Yeah. And was it was it one of those things where you just decided you were going to do it? Had you been dabbling? Tell us, get, get us into yeah, how so, you got into this. I, like so many people, bought Brian Wappler's How to Modify Guitar Pedals book. Um, I guess I got that about 2007 or, or eight or so and um, got in because I'd always, you know, putzed around with electronics. But um, I was used to soldering because I would change pickups and guitars and stuff, but got into pedal modding because like around that time, that's when, you know, Brian, he had his indie guitarist thing and um Keeley was a really big deal and analog man and stuff. So mm -hmm. I was like, I know how to solder. I can do that. So I bought the book and then kind of dove in that way. And, you know, modding led to building and mythos kind of began just as something I did for fun where a friend would say, Hey, I want this. And like, I'll make one. And then, Hey, I want to make one of these for myself. So I'll make two and I'll sell the other one to fund that. So it kind of started that way, but it really, it, it, it hasn't really, picked up a lot of steam until the past few years because it was something I just did for fun on the side. Um, just really, you know, in my spare time, but I've the, over the past few years have really tried to grow it into, into an actual, you know, not, you know, not a huge company and not something where I can quit all my other jobs, but something where I can, um, do this and, you know, have fun and, and, and make a little cash, you know, spreading my pedal love everywhere. Right. What was the uh, the first uh, I guess would call it production pedal that that you that you made? Well, the the really the first one that I made into something where it was all like proprietary stuff was the the Mjolnir, um, and then all the other ones have kind of you know trickled along behind that. They were all ideas. Well, some of them were ideas that I'd had and I'd made stuff for it'd be like you know something like that or something you know based on one thing or the other, but the Mjolnir was the one that I have made the longest and is, is totally, you know, just the one that helps me start doing this. Right. It's the bread and butter. Yeah. And, and the Mjolnir uh, for those who are like, okay, wait, what? That is spelled M J O L N I R. And That's right. it's in a, uh, like a gold dust box. It's super cool. Classic looking. Uh, and that is when let's, um, you know, we did, we talked about the, what was in front of us and then we got all greedy and said, Oh, I like this one. Um, <laughs> so just let, let me just tap into that one more time. The golden fleece 
is a fuzz. It's a single knob fuzz, correct? Right. Yeah. It's it's a really simple single transistor circuit um, that has kind of hand picked flipping diodes that create this fuzz that kind of skirts the line between fuzz and overdrive. Like it, it all mm-hmm. lives in your guitar. Like the knob on it is just volume, but all the controls are really your volume and tone controls and your pickup selector on your guitar. Right. Uh, and then the Mjolnir. That is based off a of Centaur. Mm-hmm. Um, different clipping diodes, some other little, you know, tweaks inside it. But I've really tried to make it consistent and and quiet as far as the noise goes and just the best of that circuit that I can do without saying, because it doesn't sound like a real Klon, very few clones do, but it, it just has this really powerful, clean to overdrive sound that works well in both where some clones work well as a boost or as an overdrive and not vice versa. Right. And then the Earl King. So the Earl King, um, that's based off the old nobles ODR one. Um, that pedal just had a, a tone control, which they called spectrum. So it has a bass control that you can dial out some of the woofiness. Uh, if you turn the bass knob all the way up, it's a stock, ODR one sound kind of, but as you dial it back, you can really, you know, tune it to so whatever a, kind of pickup. So it's an EQ to overdrive. Yeah. With, with that, it's not like crazy. It doesn't have like an active tone stack or anything. It's yeah. just like, it's just a simple, uh, bass knob. And then the tone knob is pretty standard, but it, I really tweaked the clipping so that it had the volume and the crunch and everything that that the, the ODR one didn't have right. in a way. So, but that, that's like the Nashville pedal, the ODR one. Um, it's like part of that Nashville sound. And if you put that on and, and put it into a fender and play some country licks, it is totally like the Nashville vibe right gotcha. now. Anyway. Gotcha. Well, the, you made a very important distinction and to be completely transparent, I did not pick that up because on your pedal, it, it said it's a, it says B and T. And right. I took that as bass and treble, but you just explained that as b- like a bass and and a tone. Yeah, bass, the uh, tone, in, you know, and it's it's a pretty unique tone circuit in right. that in that no- nobles, but it's um which would yeah, explain why I wasn't getting a standard sort of bass and treble sound right. out of it, that w- yeah. which made me play with it more. <laughs> yeah, so. it's a little different. Yeah, cool. Okay, so anyways, back to you, pedals, whatever. <laughs> um, uh you are clearly immersed in guitar and you i imagine you started out pretty early can you give us a little bit of background on on how that all came about yeah well you know i was the only person in my family to really chase music um my sister played piano and we were both in the band and stuff but i started playing guitar when i was like 15 and um it's a magic number that's right uh and i've kind of chased that over the years, but never, never really pursued it as a, is my main gig. Um, I have a weird handicap with my left hand. I, I can only turn my left hand halfway over. Like it looks like I'm going to shake your hand. And that's as far as my left hand really turns. So playing guitar is, um, it's not impossible for me, but I play very like unique. Uh, I, I use my thumb a lot uh, to play chords and, um, you know, I get by okay. Most people, when they hear me play, they don't even notice. But if you look at my hand and, and if you go to any of my like YouTube videos and see me holding a guitar, it, it looks weird. So uh-huh. I, I kind of have this weird handicap, but, um, I love playing guitar and 
Yeah, that's kind of where it all started. Well, what I what I love is that for as long as this podcast is up, every time you say that, somewhere in the world, somebody is going to take their left hand and try to figure out what you just said. Right. Because the three of right. us just did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're like, wait, like this? Like, like, like if, if you hold I, out your I think left I hand, got like it. you're going to shake someone's hand, that's as, pretty much as far... Yeah, you know, a little bit further than that, as my left hand will turn over. I was thinking like like how Jimmy would do on uh, you know sometimes when he'd get like real thummy. Yeah. On, yeah. On no, I, I, I'll use my yeah. my thumb on my E and A string sometimes. Yeah. Well, I got a question for you. So, who would you say was your most influential artist, uh, and what kind of guitar did you end up having uh, for well, the first start- for your first guitar? I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I started um, like the. The song that made me want to learn how to play guitar was um, the live version of Crossroads from from Cream. Oh wow! Uh, so yeah. I wanted to be like I wanted to play like Eric Clapton, and um, that you know was kind of the vibe I wanted to get. My first guitar was this really um, kind of inexpensive PV Raptor. And a funny story: my dad took me to buy a guitar right before my 15th birthday, and he took me to a shop that he knew the owners. He didn't play, but he like did their insurance. So we went there. They said, yeah, this is cool. We have a cool guitar in the back. And they brought out this this late 60s um, big headstock Strat hmm. and put, sat it in my lap. And I was the kind of kid that like felt bad asking for presents. And so my dad was like, oh, this is way cooler. Let's get you this. And I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so it was probably like a, a 68, 69 uh, Strat Whoops. that I totally, you know, was like, no, dad, it's too much money. Um, wow. But yeah, but, I'll take but, the PV. <laughs> I'll take the PV. Now was it, now was it PV? Was that an American made model? They were still American. No, no, it, it was an import. It was an oh, import was it? one. Oh. Yeah. It was when they stopped that and they started in with the new models. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's not the one that looks like a super like squish strat. It still right. kind of looked like a strat. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and it's, you know, I still got it. I don't play it. It's, it's at home, but, yeah. um, just a weird guitar, but yeah, like my fi- my favorite players are, are Clapton, and then of course Billy Gibbons was a big deal, and then nice. you know that sort of thing, Stevie Ray Vaughan and stuff. Well, you know, it's it, throw any classic rock guitar players into a pot, and that's that, those are probably my influences. But you know, those those tastes have changed. But early on, you know, I wanted to play like Eric Clapton. Yes, that's actually and, and, I think that's pretty rare for a kid to be honest. I've never yeah, heard it, the Clapton before. In this guitar, in this podcast, no. nobody's ever oh, said really? Clapton. No. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, yeah. I mean, that was that was a big deal for me. And then taking lessons because my hand, um, my guitar teacher was like, um, he turned me on to Django Reinhardt. Oh because, yeah. You know, his hand was all burned and stuff. And then uh, Tony oh. Iommi, because um, you know I'd listen yes. to Sabbath, but I didn't know about his handicap. And so those kind of because I, you know, it, it was a little disheartening trying to because I can't play really fast and I can't do so many things. I can't play bar chords really, like traditionally. But you know, being able to say, okay, this guy had two fingers and he could play thirty second notes. Like yeah. if he can do it, I can figure out some way to do it. So that that was a big deal for me too when I was you know sixteen years old. Yeah, it's weird. There, there's actually a couple people. I mean, obviously Tony is one of the super famous ones. Well, I mean Jerry, Jerry Garcia is yeah. missing fingers. Like, there's a lot Three of fingers. There's a lot of missing fingers, dudes out there. Well, and then there's Les Paul. They got his hand smashed. 
Yeah. yeah. Right. And yet it's set in a chord pattern. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that, pretty punk that, rock. That's, right that's dedication to your art. <laughs> Just set it like a yeah. chord. I want the C chord. Yeah. Cool. That's a so that's a that's a good start. I mean, you you uh, do you still sort of chase the Clapton thing? Well, yeah. You know, I, I love old Clapton. You know, Korean era, but. You know, <clears throat> recently I'm really into old uh, ZZ Top, like the first couple records, yeah. not Eliminator and stuff, but like, you know, that sound in, in Billy's style. And then Paul Kossoff, um, I really got into him uh, the past few years. Like he had, he was such a unique player mm-hmm. and really kind of chased that vibe. But I'm, I'm into all sorts of things. I listen to to all that classic blues rock but then i also listen to um a lot of like you know indie rock and love that kind of you know staccato you know altogether kind of crappy but cool guitar playing and you know i, I like me. a little bit of everything <laughs> <laughs> cool man what like kind of, i'm curious the the pedal game right now is i think sort of favors the latter of what you were talking about um just mm-hmm. as far as like you know experimental indie yeah you know whatever the words are the, all the genres you want to dump into that um, right that that certainly seems to align with pedal building um du jour you mm-hmm. are you are in the heart of where you know i think um a more maybe classic approach to music, uh, to, to rock and roll, uh, specifically still has a, a big heartbeat. Um, I'm curious if, if how much of that is affecting the kind of pedals that you're trying to make or how much you are stepping outside of that to create your pedals. You know, my when I started doing this, my whole idea was to um, make classic sounds the best way that I knew how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so many people making weird, you know, things, um, and they're doing it so much better than me because I have no, um, I have a degree in psychology. <laughs> like I don't have uh, any sort of electrical engineering thing. All, everything I've learned is is basically self-taught, and then help from other people, you know, circuit board designers and, and people that, that I've kind of pulled in around me to, to help create, you know, my own, uh, sound essentially. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, I, I'm not really into that. My, my pedals, I just want to have, like, if you want, you know, to take your amp to that next level, or if you want an affordable version of a, of a circuit that, you know, most people could never, you know, find or get, like, I want to do that. And then in the future, I'm, I'm wanting to kind of do a little bit more of like a snapshot of of a player's sound in a way that a lot of people haven't done. And, you know, trying to keep it simple, low part count analog. And, and I have a different philosophy. Like I was listening to some of the other podcasts about like top mount jacks and soft switches and all that stuff. And yeah, like that, that's all well and good. But I don't like mechanical parts attached to a circuit board because if they break, you they're really hard to fix. They'll go bad, yeah. Yeah, and and I, I I'm not a big fan of like the soft touch. I don't know why. I, I I some of the first pedals I ever had were like original Big Muffs and stuff where there's like in a rat, you know, it's like this really serious, you know, clack when you yeah. stepped on it. And and I like that. And you know, again, I love a rat. Uh, yes, I I've played a lot mm-hmm. of like newer pedals that have that thing, 
and they fail because the relays mess up or whatever. And I just want to keep it simple, like as simple as possible, even if it's more work because I have to put some wires on a circuit board. Yeah. Like I like having switchcraft open frame jacks. You know, I like having a good, you know, foot switch that is mechanical and, and not doesn't have a loud pop and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if there's a little pop, if you're playing rock and roll, who cares? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I have a little bit of a different approach, a little bit more old school in a way. And I think there's still a lot of people doing that. And, and, and people have the owners of Carter Vintage asked me, like, there's so many people doing this. How do you plan to stay ahead? And I'm like, you know, Fulltone's been making the OCD for how long now? Like, yeah. Analog Man has been making the Sunface for how long now? Like, I just yeah. want to have a pedal that people, when they think of me, they think of something great that they can still get. And it's not, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be cutting edge or whatever. It's just yeah. good. There's room for there's room for all that stuff. Yeah, you know that's uh, that is something that I appreciate about. It. I mean, it to even even to the point. Um, I think it's it's interesting when you when you're holding pedals and you're you know you you got your hands on them and you're uh, you know you're involved with them when you encounter something different. Like if you close your eyes. I was trying not to have Ozzy go into my head there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, <laughs> so terrible. I can't believe my brain just did that. Damn your brain. Uh, so if you, if, you know, if you close your eyes and you go like, yep, yep. Okay. I got that pedal. It feels like, okay, this one. Yep. That feels familiar. And I picked yours up and I was like, wait a minute. Wait a, wait a dang minute. Right. Smaller cases. Right. I like it. I like it. Kind of not totally MXR, but pretty close. Pretty yeah, close. You can it's tell a, they're they're higher quality. The the p- potentiometers, which are the knobs. When you wait, I'm right. talking about cases. You just hold on with your potentiometers. <laughs> just hold it. Keep doing that. Tweet. In this, in the uh, Switchcraft. Yeah, I am all for okay. the high quality cases. Stuff. Yeah, Jared. Cases. <laughs> That's all I had to say. So what what uh, what size box are you using there? Those are fifteen ninety B. 1590B. So, I, I like that. Yeah, the 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 kind of the Dynacomp size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. What you just kind of explained, this makes a lot of sense now. Just even the presentation, you've clearly carefully checked all the boxes with, you know, you've got relatively simple graphics, you've got mm-hmm. sort of classic style knobs, you've got slightly smaller boxes, you're focusing on, you know, overdrive circuitry for the most part, just trying to make those really solid. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I certainly appreciated the, that aspect of of these pedals. Also, what we don't have in front of us is the, and now you're going to have to pronounce this one too, um, Mr. Smarty Pants, with your pronunciation, overdrive based on the Blues Breaker circuit. Yeah, that's the Daedalus. The, um, the, the, the Daedalus. Daedalus. Daedalus, father of Icarus. <laughs> we flew um, too close to the sun. Yes. That's right. Well, Daedalus didn't. He was low and was like, get down here, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so that one, uh, it's the Bluesbreaker style circuit, but it has um, like a gain recovery stage. Because if you've ever played those old black Bluesbreaker pedals, they're not very loud. Um, they can't really drive an amp with just sheer volume. Right. Uh, so added some 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 just output i um there's a little presence control inside and um one thing really cool about it when i was prototyping this and just like 
changing all the parts, you know, you socket everything. Um, for whatever reason, the combination of the chip and then the clipping diodes that are in this pedal, if you turn the gain, uh, I'm sorry you don't have one, but if you turn the gain all the way up, it kind of turns into this sputtery fuzz. And it sounds Ooh. like, like you got a, my attention. A, yeah. Cause it's like, you know, clean boost, you know, f- relatively flat EQ spectrum uh-huh. and then a little bit of gain, quite a bit of crunch. And then it turns into this, this sputtery fuzz that sounds like, you know, a small British combo that's about to die. Yeah. And it's, it's really fun cause it's, it's, it's almost gated in a way, mm-hmm. but, um, it would totally happened by accident and it sounds great. That's, that's killer. That could be yeah. one of your new band names, Todd. What? Sputtery fuzz. Sputtery fuzz. <laughs> just, uh, I, I thought it was going to be totally happened by accident. That's a good band name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's probably more that, true than you know. That's, yeah, it is. You know, what's funny is actually at the bottom, um, that, uh, at the bottom of our website, one of my favorite quotes of all time is like, uh, Eddie Van Halen, it says, um, you know, for me playing guitar is like falling down a flight of stairs and landing on my feet. <laughs> which right. sounds like that's kind of what happened right here. Yeah, that sounds really, really awesome. I mean, those. so let's clarify real quick because I think we, we mentioned the uh, Blues Breaker amp earlier. Oh, yes. Uh, right. This is a Blues Breaker pedal, yes. uh, which are quite expensive. Two to three hundred bucks yeah. usually. Yeah. Around there, I was thinking of the governor as well with that yeah same era Mm -hmm. shred master governor bluesbreaker yeah and that one is uh spelled very strangely for those who you are going to go try to find it by saying the daedalus i don't know if that's going to come up in the search engine uh it is the d with the attached a and e together joined and then d-a-l-u-s overdrive it's blue and it has uh, a a maze pattern on there not not corn he he designed the maze that had the the minotaur at the the center like that was another what? thing that he did in <laughs> mythology so the maze is like a, an homage to to that story holy mackerel dude yeah. this is like a history lesson yeah it's it, more than just pedals <laughs> it sounds like you're almost I learned talking too yeah it sounds like you're almost talking about uh, kansas the band a lot of their songs have all that mythical <laughs> you know yeah. to yeah. the point of no return that's yeah. right First and last ever mention of Kansas on this podcast. Probably not. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Probably not. It's not dust in the wind. Hey, we're all yeah. just dust in the wind. Yeah. Right. Oh, there we go. Okay. That's, Everything oh, that's is just fantastic. dust in the wind. All right. So, Sorry, anyways, carry on, my that. weird son. Yes. Oh, dang. <laughs> that one, okay, you, that was good. You got that one. I, I'll give you that. was real good. Don't you cry no more. Okay. <laughs> so the uh, the next one that you have mm-hmm. t- for offering is based on the 808 circuit. You want to tell us about that? Right. So that's the Herculean. Um, it is... Um, kind of my take on, a, on an 808. Yeah. Like, which everybody does, you know, it's nothing new, but, uh, it has a clipping switch asymmetrical, which is, you know, that's what the boss SD one has not symmetrical. It's, you know, it's three diodes, mm-hmm. uh, open and then led, which is, you know, very loud open clipping that just compresses a little bit. Then it has a fat switch so you can have the normal amount of bass cut that a tube screamer has or beef it up a little bit or beef it up a lot. And it is just a really thick um, overdrive that, you know, has the mid hump thing. It's a little bit reduced. I mean, it's not a straight up, you know, everything is just like a normal 808. Like I did because I've modded so many 808s. I have all these things in my head about what I do 
to make an 808 a little bit better, just you know, just a tiny push in in a in a direction, and that's what I kind of threw into this. So um, you can do that classic Stevie kind of thing, or you can kind of crank it, and it gets a really thick lead sound that is not too dissimilar from like um, what a lot of people are calling a dumble in a box pedal. Yeah. But I wouldn't call it that. But so many people say, you know, this is a dumble in a box. Then you look at the circuit and you're like, this is a tube screamer. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we won't name names. But that is uh, that's kind of where that pedals at. And right. for a long time, like I wasn't going to make one because I made a few. And then I'm like, I don't need to make a tube screamer. You go buy a tube screamer. But so many people ask me. So it's just like it's just become something that I make. It gives you options. And, right. and that's, that's, so that's one thing that you clearly offered. You're like, well, if I'm going to do it, you're just going to have some options here. Right. You, you, you mentioned Dumble in a Box. And for I think that there is a, a certain amount of people that when you say Dumble, you know what that is. And there's a greater amount of people that when you say Dumble, you don't know what it is. So right. would you mind just elaborating on the Dumble and how it uh, relates to Dumble in a Box? Well... I'm I'm a lucky guy uh, working at Here Carter Vintage. <laughs> yeah, honk. <laughs> um, I've played I've played five or six Dumbles. Uh, I have some friends here in town that he, he I have a, a friend uh, that has one, and so I've played quite a few. So I have a, a firm grasp on what that sound is, and I've played some that I liked, and I've played some that I, I did not like because they're those amps. Um, made by Howard or Alexander Dumble, whatever he chose to, to go by, um, where they began as like modded fenders that he would build and mod specifically to a player. So they're all different. Yeah. But the Dumble sound that most people think of when they think of a pedal is the Dumble Overdrive Special, which is this really thick, syrupy lead tone a la uh, Robin Ford, um, some of... Uh, uh, Larry Carlton's stuff, you know, that sort of sound. And it's just an incredibly thick singing sound that sustains beautifully and, um, is super interactive with your playing. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it's kind of hard to put into words. It's one of those things. It's like, you'll hear it and you say, Oh, that sounds like a dumble, but it's, it's just a, it's pretty aggressive. It's got a lot of like thick, um, bass, low mids and mids. It's not super bright that, that, you know, what most people would think of, but it's a, you know, a very specific kind of overdriven sound. Right. That's different from like a Vox sound or a Marshall sound, or even like a cranked, like tweed sound. Like it's, it's totally its own thing. There's that indescribable sort of, there's a thing happening that can't put my finger on it, but right. man, I really like it. It's it's a super um, even though I said it, you know it's not very bright it's a super clear sound mm -hmm. and it's very honest like whatever goes in comes out and uh, at least on the amps you know yeah but it it is um it's a very dynamic and expressive sound that lends itself to being a very thick um pretty hairy distorted tone and, and it's it, in my opinion it's it's more distortion than just like a light overdrive. Most people, when you think of Dumble, you're thinking of a thick, you know, Santana. Yeah. You, you know, he had that kind of sound. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. 
and and, and like I, I've played a, a few pedals that kind of nail it really well, and then I've played some that I'm like, I don't get it. I don't. It sounds great, but it doesn't sound like that to me. Do you think the so, Herculean is getting is is approaching that? Is that where you're it, going it, for? It, it, no, I wasn't going for that, but it does have you know like a really nice pushed mid range sound that if you right. dial the tone back, it's you know it, it it's a thick, darkish um, kind of tone that you know with a three thirty five or something it, it kind of gives you that, but that totally a happy accident. It's not something that I was thinking. I was thinking, let's make a tube screamer, you know? Sure. Well, okay. Well, we'll take it, whatever it's called or whatever, <laughs> whatever you try to, I, I mean, that makes me want to get it. So you're doing a good job of selling it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, okay. So right now you've got, you've got five pedals out. You're, you're smoking the, the, the scene right now. You, um, I think some big things have happened recently. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I connected with my buddy, Joey Landreth. Uh, if you, if you guys have never heard of Joey Landreth or the brothers Landreth, just give them a Google and find some YouTube videos and watch him play, watch the band. They're amazing. He has really helped. And then also connected with Rob Chapman, which I'm a, I'm a huge YouTube chappers, fan. I want chappers, Rob chappers from, you know, yeah. Uh, Andertons and stuff, but um, both those guys have been huge for me. And in the past year, they've really helped drive a lot of stuff. So um, I got linked up with the Andertons in the UK earlier this year, and that was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm one dude. My wife helps me, you know, populate uh, circuit boards and put, you know, switches in the boxes and stuff. But it's just us in a two bedroom apartment making these. Yeah. And to get an email from Lee Anderton, Hey, I want to have your pedals in the store. It's like, what? (laughs) That's awesome. It's, it's super exciting. And this, this year has just, it went from like, okay, this is fun to like, Hey, I might be able to actually like do this, do this. Yeah. But, but yeah, Anderton's we linked up. So they're now stocking your pedals. They stock them. Um, and they, they recently just did a video a demo video with Danish Pete and, and Mick Taylor from that pedal show, uh, on the Anderton's channel. So if you want to hear them, um, you can go there and it's a really good recording. Hello. I have demos, <laughs> but <laughs> hello. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so it's, it's been crazy, like really crazy this year. That's great. Did, well, are they stocking your full all five or, or yeah. Yeah. They, they have everything. Um, it, you know, they, they, they sell out every now and again. And I think Lee is just kind of cherry picking what sells because some things do and some things don't, but yeah. for the most part they have most everything. And they just ordered a bunch of golden fleece after the video dropped. So if you're in the UK and you want to try one, you know, that's, that's the place to do it. Yeah. Well, one of these somewhere in the world's got my name on it. So I got to find that one. <laughs> I'll make you one. Don't yeah, worry. Okay, good. We'll make more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've got like a perfect hand here right now, as far as like five card draw. You're you're money right now. So right. like, where Royal where are you flush. going here? Well, um, <clears throat> like I said, you know, as far as like the you know people making all the wacky stuff, um, I don't really want to chase that. I don't really want to chase a lot of the delays and the and the you know, reverb things. Cause so many people are doing that and they're doing it really well. Mm-hmm. So my ideas kind of lie in, uh, giving you almost a Polaroid of, uh, a mm-hmm. sound that most people aren't trying to do. So in the future, it's going to be more, uh, pedals that are kind of like snapshots of 
classic albums or classic players or classic tones that uh, a lot of people may want. And, you know, right. Instead of like trying to get this amp and this, that, and this, like you just click on the pedal. So I'm working on, um, and I've, I've shared this on Instagram. Um, I think my next pedal is going to be called La Chupacabra and of it's going it to be, is. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it is, uh, uh, like a capturing of Billy Gibbons early guitar tone. So okay. that's cool. And, and the circuit that I'm playing with is the input stage of like a Tweed Deluxe going into a modded Golden Fleece that has way lower gain and clipping that reacts more like an amp. Mm. So, and, and this is going to be a three knob pedal. It's going to have volume, tone, and, and gain. But the prototype I have, if you are playing with a loud amp and you click this on, it just it just sounds like you know Brown Sugar off you know ZZ Top's first album and all this stuff where it's like it's hairy, but it's smooth. And if you, you know, dig in, especially the humbuckers, it just has that bite. So Chupacabra. Okay. So La that, Chupacabra. La Chupacabra. El Chupacabra. Uh, I think it, I think it's La. La. I don't know. I'll have to ask some Spanish speaking yeah, friends. Wh- I don't however know. that comes out, it sounds pretty dang good. Yeah. It's going to be cool. I've, I've prototyped it and I'm going to get more into that. And I think, I don't know that like that, that is a sound that if you Google like ZZ top in a box, there's like, there's certain pedals, but it's always like eliminator and like the later stuff. I want that early sound, which is, you know, no one knows what he used. He said different things. Yeah. So there's no, like, it's not a Marshall. It's not, or it may be a Marshall. It may be like a brown face fender amp. It may be all sorts of things, but that I want that in a pedal because no one's doing that. And so those are the things I want to like focus on, like things that are fun and, not many other people are doing and I may make some clone clones too, but I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at, but really with the five I've got, I'm busy. So yeah, yeah. that sounds awesome, man. Um, you know, when you were talking about that, chasing that Billy Gibbons down, all I could think about was, um, a similar experience of you don't know exactly what it is and you're trying to find it in, in it grows mythically in your mind because you can't find it. Right. Uh, Mick Mars is, you know, famous for using all kinds of different amps all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so replicating his his sound, especially if you're trying to do it in your bedroom and you're, you know, you don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of everything, it'll wreck your mind. Right, yeah. <laughs> but but that's part of the joy of chasing those kind of things too. It's like, oh, wait, I, I think I got it. No, that's not it, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. 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 Cool, man. Well, I really appreciate you sharing all of your knowledge and, you know, this experience that you're going through right now with us. Um, it's pretty cool. I, it's, it's it's so exciting watching someone who, you know, find something they're like, hey, I, I this is something that I like. It makes me happy. I'm pretty OK at doing. And I think people like it. And then yeah. poof, explosion. You know, that's great. Yes. Yeah. It's it's been, you know pretty crazy. Uh, and it's definitely taken over a huge part of my life. You know, you get up, you build pedals, you go to work, you come home, you yeah. build pedals, but it, it's worth it. And it, it's, it's just, it's super fun. Well, you got so, a great product, And that's man. the most important thing. Yeah. yeah. Great stuff here. Okay. So let's get on with our next feature. Would you rather? <laughs> what? Wow! What happened? That to was your, that like, was angry, smooth, Jared. Smooth Daddy Jared. I had to change it up. 
All right. Like you just started. Let, let me, let, let's do another one. Okay. Would you rather? Okay. Yeah. All right. That, that's pretty close. Same as it ever was. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> See how boring that was? Yeah, I know. It's, it's fine. Let's do the first one again. Would you rather? Okay. <laughs> yeah, you are angry. <laughs> All right. So this one is set up for us by Zach. So, Zach, why don't you reset that up for us? All right. Would you rather have a gold top Les Paul with P90s or a gold top Les Paul with PAF style humbuckers? Okay. Jared, go. Ooh. Tony, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're actual PAFs, I'll take those. Because <laughs> I take them out and put in, put in uh, some of Jared's pickups. Hey. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, but no, I, I, truth be told, I'm a big P90 fan. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably opt for that, especially if it had a wraparound bridge tailpiece. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, Jared. I did honestly need a second to think about that. Tony brought up a good point. Now, since it's the gold top, I I would opt for the P90s. Um, nothing beats a good P90, and the P90s uh, Gibson wound back in the day were were fantastic pickups. And uh, the only problem with those is 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 to have that single high cycle hum, but you can get around that. And personally, I don't care about that. I'm gonna go with the P90s on this one. I'll I'll have PAFs in a burst. And you know? those those are creams. Um, well, it would have to be cream on a gold top. Well, that's I'm right. Saying, I'm, hey, it, it can be. We didn't just decide that. Which color cream? Old old oh, old Gibson okay. cream or Zach, new Gibson? What are you doing? Cream? <laughs> right, the, the pink puke cream. <laughs> okay. Um, I I humbuckers. I've I love P90s, and they're they're super fun to play, but. I just I just like humbuckers like they're I don't know it, the, the cut of like a good PAF style thing it has like this it's like a telly on steroids with no noise and um, I, I just love a good humbucker so that any day of the week okay. yeah I'm gonna I, maybe maybe because I have a lot of humbucker guitars I'm going P90 I, I've got a fewer P90s but I love I love the gold top and I would go P90, no pick guard. Oh! oh. Now, no pick guard with, it up. with nice, heavy crazing on the on the clear finish would look really cool. Yeah. Well, the stuff that's turning green, that yeah. would be the... I think that's funny how flakes off. Three, three out of four of us picked the P90s and not the <laughs> most sought-after, valuable pickups ever. Yeah. But, uh, hey, P90's a great-sounding uh, pickup as well. Yeah. Mm. Sure is. Hey, I think we're done. Yep. I think we're about baked. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Zach, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure talking to you. I'm really glad we had the opportunity to do this. Continued success on your pedals. And for those out there who are interested, tell them where they can go to get said pedals. Uh, you can go to mythospedals.com or um, you know any of the dealers, but... Check the website, and that's that's where I live. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, I'm gonna be at Summer Nam booth 859, and um, it's a shared booth, the boutique guitar effects pedal booth. But I'm gonna be there with all my stuff. Uh, try to be there as much as I can. Meet everybody that wants to come by and say hi. Cool. And what are the dates on that? One more time. 
That's July 13th through the 15th. Holy mackerel, that's coming up real quick. So this will yep. be coming out right before then. Cool. Oh, yes, we'll make sure that happens. <laughs> awesome. Cool. I guess, really, that's just kind of it. Subscribe! Yeah. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Yeah. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. <laughs> okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mjolnir. <laughs> Mjolnir. It's, there's a whole lot of Mjolnir out there. Mjolnir. 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 Ooh. <laughs> Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Oh. <laughs> 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 no. <sighs> well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs to help keep this podcast ad free and ensure that we keep bringing you the best show we can. Visit our website at theguitarnobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitarnobs. Catch you next time.